0: when I was a youngster in Chicago, and this is back in the leather grip days, I'm, I'm going way back, and I was working as a 15-year-old at the Western Open at Butler National, and my dad gave me a set of leather grips to give to Arnold Palmer. And when Mr. Palmer pulled into the uh, up to the clubhouse, I saw his car, and I'll never forget, he Popped open his trunk and I walked up to him and I said, Mr. Palmer, I said, I'd like to. Uh, my dad wanted me to give you these grips. And I was just a kid, right? I was 15 years old. And he looked at me and, and he rubbed my head and my hair and he says, Oh, you're Bobby's boy. And he took the grips, took the old grips. He had his golf bag there, stripped off the old leather, stripped on the new leather, put some electrical tape on it, and off he went to play. He did that all in about 10 minutes. <laughs> so that's my favorite regripping story.
1: Today, we are talking golf grips. Why are they the way they are? What are they made from? What's interesting about them? And all these weird questions about grips you probably don't think about on a regular basis. But good news, that's what this podcast is here for. You are listening to the Golf Science Lab podcast. My name is Cordy Walker, and I am on a mission to figure out how to improve the way that we learn and get better at golf. I've been able to travel all over the world and talk with leading instructors and researchers learning how they're helping their students and what that means for you. So today we are talking golf grips. Our guest is Bob Lampkin. He is the Lampkin of Lampkin Golf Grips. It's a family business, now in it's third generation. That's a fascinating enough story just to see a family business survive and thrive like that. It started with Bob's grandfather a true startup out of a garage. He started making leather golf grips as a side gig while working at a leather shop in Chicago because Wilson came to that company, asked them to develop a leather grip for them. The company said no, but Elver Lampkin decided to make it work and figure it out. And it took off took off enough that uh, Bob Lampkin, who we're talking to today, his dad started working in the family business and they were really trying to figure out how to grow it uh, and what was next in this grip industry.
0: I'll tell you, one of the stories that my dad tells all the time is that my grandfather was very staid in his ways. And my dad walked into his office as a young man, like I was a young man at the day with my dad, and he said, told his dad, he says, you know, we need to start making these rubber grips. And my grandfather was vehemently opposed to it. He said, no, no, no. No one will play anything but a leather grip because my grandfather, that's where he started the company in leather, and he really didn't want to see that change, right? So my dad not telling his father, went out and bought some injection molding machines in Chicago and put them in a in a small garage and started making uh, rubber grips unbeknownst to my grandfather. So they had a little, a short parting of the ways. I remember when I was a youngster that, uh, you know, oh, dad and papa are fighting, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but obviously they cleared all that up. And my dad was very proud of the fact that the company was able to evolve from just leather to a combination of leather and and, uh, and rubber grips.
1: So I'm curious, what is the difference between a grip that we pick up from you today, right? Versus like, so let's say those first grips that your dad made back in the day, like what's the difference or what mm-hmm. are the main places that this has evolved over the years?
0: Well, I think first and foremost, the materials um, that we produce our grips from are much different today than they were uh, back in the day. Back in the day, when grips, rubber grips, were produced, they were produced primarily from natural rubber, and natural rubber comes from rubber trees. You know, they're, they're sourced. Uh, we source a lot of our rubber out of Malaysia and Indonesia, and with you know, using Mother Nature, you get some volatility and some inconsistencies in the material. Well, back then, you know, people weren't scrutinizing the materials as closely as they were as they are today. So you were limited by how much a grip weighed. You were limited by how the grip felt. And, but quite frankly, in the manufacturing process, you know, you were wasting a lot of this material because the grips fell out of spec. Today, with the the large grip manufacturers, the synthetic materials that are available are much more consistent, much more durable. You can make the grips different hardnesses. You can bring color into the category. You know, back in the day when rubber grips first started, there was no grips were black. You you had your choice of black or black or black. Well, today at retail, with as the retailers have have really morphed into these large retail chains, and you're at at point of sale, that cosmetic really draws the consumer into your grip space. So we have now gone into developing materials that allow us to have the colors in the grip that don't wear out quickly. One of the negatives on colors over the years, when grips have been too colored or multicolored in the compound, you have to take out certain properties in the material. And when doing that to make it colored, and when doing that, you also, the grip will wear out UV sensitive. It just doesn't wear as long. And where we've come to age is we've found materials that are we're, we're able to give the cosmetic color that people are looking for, but the grip also maintains its durability, which is great. So I wanted to have this
1: conversation and start talking about grips a little bit because I think it's something that we don't talk about enough. It's something that we interact with every single time that we play golf on every shot, but don't really. Think about it that much. I feel like we'll, you know, endlessly tweak lofts, talk about, you know, like launch monitor data, look at weight and shafts, and we even have to get the head cover right, endlessly, right? But a lot of times we gloss over the grips, and I think that we should pay attention to them more. So I'm actually working on some more projects besides this podcast to look at testing grips, thinking more strategically about what's right for you. Stip to, to that. Make sure to hop on the newsletter, golfsciencelive.com/slash insider. It's totally free but get on there but today we are talking with Bob just to kind of set a foundation to hear about what Lamkin does here, how they approach grips and developing them and what they think is best for for all of us as golfers so let's dive in
0: one of the goals that we have here when we're developing grips for the consumer market is we want We want the player that's playing our our products, our new grips or the grips we've had in our line, to really have, number one, have confidence in the grip and enjoy playing that specific model. So that's the first thing that we really want to, to understand from the consumer market. The goal also is that we have in each one of the markets, for example, certain players like cord grips. And it's, it's interesting in full cord grips. There's a player that likes a more aggressive cord pattern, and there's a player that likes the cord feel but doesn't want some more of a smoother, uh, less abrasive uh, cord feel. So we've developed two cord models that allow us to give that to, that to that market segment. The women's segment is very popular, but they have a smaller grip that's a little bit softer, different cosmetics. The tour player segment, the guys that have the higher swing speeds, we develop materials and a grip that has less torque in it, still has the same material benefits, but we've changed the material slightly to make it a bit firmer so those players at those higher swing speeds are not torquing that grip. And then there's, there's a, a, a softer market for people that just like a softer, comfortable-feeling grip. So we take those categories and then you have to size them between a undersized grip, a men's standard grip, a mid-size, in some cases a, an oversized grip because all of our hands are different. So you take all of those variables and you consider them when you're launching a new product to market.
1: You mentioned tour players, you know, having a higher swing speed, more torque. Could you explain what that means and kind of how that plays in?
0: So when we deal with, for example, our tour players and to, for your listeners, I always emphasize to the listeners that tour players consider the grip a critical success factor in their club makeup. In other words, it's not kind of haphazard. They have a very specific size, a feel, a weight of the grip, and they really pay attention to their grips during the course of the season. Tour players that have, for example, they have higher swing speeds, so they want the materials to be a little bit firmer in that grip. So at impact, their hands aren't moving or the material isn't moving at those swing speeds. If the club face closes or it's open a little bit, you know, their ball could be offline, you know, 20, 30 yards, right? The size of the grip for them is really important. For example, we make some grips for players that want a little bit less taper and a little larger right hand or lower hand. And what that allows them to really release the golf club and know that they're not going to hit it left because their right hand or their lower hand is a little more passive at impact. So tour players really pay attention to the the type of grip they're playing, the material and the size of the grip when it's on shaft.
1: Have you ever done any testing of, of putting them in a really soft grip or something like that and seeing the differences between that and a firm grip?
0: Well, and, and what happens? You, yes. Yes, we, we when we come out with our initial launches, we'll go out and test the product with the players, and sp- specifically the players that we know well, and if you can get them on a Monday or a Tuesday, and we'll throw a grip on, and it's, it's interesting because I'll give you a great example. I'll give you a great example. Our new TS1 grip that we're launching, I'm working with Justin Rose right now, and Justin has is, is uh, been, been playing Lampkin grips since he was 17 years old. Wonderful man and very accommodating for us. So we have our TS1 grip, and he's he's playing currently. He's playing our Lampkin REL grip. It's a little bit bigger in the right hand. So we took the grip and we just put it on a five wood at Houston, and he was the only out there guy in the range because they had a they had some rainy days, and so he was out there hitting some balls. And he says to our tour rep, he goes, "This grip at the he goes it feels great." He goes, "But at the five and six inch." Area of the grip, it seems to be bigger than my current grip. He goes, Could you go mic this? Could you actually measure the on shaft dimension? At the five and six inch area, that grip was two thousandths larger than the grip he was playing. Two thousandths. That's how good these players are. They can tell right away if something is different in these, the material uh, softness, the size of the grip. It's amazing how they can feel that out just by touching the grip. That's how good they are. But it also illustrates how important the grip is to players and should be to us as well, not just tour players. But for people that want to get maximum performance out of their game, if the grip is not sized right, if it just doesn't feel comfortable to you, that's not going to be good when you're setting up to hit a golf shot. So, you know, for tour players and for people that really love to play and are serious about you know, their games and scoring the right, the right grip and the right feeling grip, the right size grip is very, very important.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: How do you determine what is a good size of grip? (laughs) I always say it's, it's 50% science and 50% feel, you know, we have on our website, we have hand measurements. We have, you know, you, you can, we kind of have a barometer of how you can size yourself. If you're getting fitted, the person that's regripping your clubs, can give you an indication by where your fingers are lying in the grip itself if it's too big or too small but people with some people with smaller hands like a larger grip and people with larger hands like a smaller grip it's really what's comfortable to you and how you're marrying your hands on the golf club if you feel that they're working in unison that's really what it's all about so i always tell people to go in and and get the recommendation from your golf professional or from wherever you're getting your clubs re-gripped. And then you make the final decision on what feels comfortable to you.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Have you done any testing or any, any research on what performs best for people or any indications? Is it, are you just looking at the hand measurements? Is that the primary one? Or if people are only to do one thing to figure out what they should, should do, what, what do you think that would be?
0: Well, when I'm talking to players to uh, when I'm out on my, you know, my weekend games or I'm out traveling and I'm playing with people, what I often ask them, I said, what do you what do you really want to accomplish with your grip? Right. They'll come to me first and foremost. Well, I like a cord feeling grip or I like a rubber feeling grip or, you know, they go that direction. And then when it comes to grip size, you know, I said, you know, if you want to There's a lot of things that go into this, into your golf swing and your shot shape. But, you know, sometimes if your hands get too active in in the swing and you're hitting this, for example, if you're for a right-handed player, if they're they're constantly fighting left, you might want to have a little bit larger grip that slows down the release of your hands. And on the other side of the of the, of the coin, if if the player is a right-handed player is maybe fighting the right, the, you know, hitting the ball too far right or slicing it too much, you want to get a little bit smaller grip where your hands can actually catch up and release the club. So that's certainly not a cure-all for slices or hooks and that type of thing, but it can actually benefit you with your shot shape. And the other place I go with the size of grips on this is when we're chipping and hitting bunker shots and pitches, you know, it's really important, I think, for to keep our hands a little passive what through the golf swing and a, a, a slightly larger grip will actually allow you to utilize the bounce in your sand wedge or keep the wedge, the chip from from turning over. So what I do is my grips pretty much are consistent from driver through. My wedge, but when I get into my sand wedge, I have a a slightly larger grip that keeps my hands a little bit more passive through the through the shot, which gives me a lot more consistency with that particular shot. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Do you ever have tour players like Justin Rose? You mentioned the story of he could feel the difference, right? That tiny, tiny difference. Do they ever test different sizes of grips and different types of grips to see what is going on with their ball flight to see if, you know, even if it feels different or feels a little strange that they're performing better?
0: You know, sometimes you'll have players work with. Different size grips, and and it and you and that's a really good question, by the way, because because uh, ball flight it, it, and the size of your grip does have a, a bearing on on your ball flight. When you get to the PGA Tour, guys are pretty much understanding what size grip they want and how they they want that grip to perform for them under pressure. So I don't see a lot of changing with the sizes the only change that there or the only uh, evolution we've had a little bit in in the tour is that we were getting to grips that have a um, less taper uh, because they want to take the left side of the golf course out of play for a right-handed player and they want to hit that hard cut right so that little bit larger lower hand on the grip you know it's a little bit larger it helps them again you know not release the club so much to where the, the, they're going to look at a two-way miss. So, and we've reflected that in, today in our um, in our grips that uh, the size of our grips in our sonar and TS1 uh, and comfort grip, there is availability of, of what we call a modern size, I call it standard plus and midsize plus, where the grip has a little bit less taper and it allows your hands to work in unison and not to oppose one another. And I, I feel that and we see this in our testing that that's very important for players not to have a dominant right hand in the swing. You want your hands with the right grip and working together during the course of your swing.
1: What are some of the differences that you're seeing when you're testing this of, of someone, you know, switching from that more of a taper to the, the non kind of taper concept? Do you have any tests around that?
0: Yeah, the feedback that we, you know, we do a lot of, it's a lot of the feedback that we get when we're developing is oral feedback. And when a player comes to me and we're we're doing testing and the player goes, that feels great. He goes, this grip feels great. In our category, when someone says this feels great, we know we're making headway, correct? When we're developing grips. So what feels great could mean a variety of different things. It could mean that the material feels great, the surface pattern, the textures feel great, or the size feels great. Normally it's a combination of all the three. So when with the grips that we have launched this year with the new models, the response is that the grip is very comfortable in your hands. And when people talk me it to me that their hands are actually working together, right? They're not opposing one another. And we feel that we've been very successful with this and we have been good listeners you know, when we were doing our product testing. When people say that a grip feels tacky, it could be there's an element of our of our manufacturing process. And and for your for your listeners is that Lampkin, we're very vertically integrated. In other words, we take all of our materials in a raw state. We develop them into compounds. We mix them into compounds and we actually liquefy them into a liquid rubber and shoot it into a mold. We don't outsource any of that. So we have complete control over the process right? So when people are are, are saying, okay, the grip is tacky, that could be what they could really be feeling is the surface texture of the grip, or they could be feeling how the grip's a little bit softer, right? And the material, it's really a combination of all three, right? Because I can make a grip with our new materials, we can make it a little bit firmer and also get that tacky feeling. What we try to really achieve on this is we want the consumers to be able to, to get the right size grip in their hand. We want the right amount of grip pressure because if a, if, a, if a grip is not, if it's slick and worn or if it's too large or too small and properly, you know, it's not the right size for the player, what's going to happen is they're going to start squeezing that grip. Right? They're going to start adding grip pressure, and, and any tour player will tell you one of the constant things they think about when they're, when they're playing in tournaments is not having a lot of grip pressure. So the grips that we're launching allow the player to have the comfort, a lighter grip, but the security that this grip is not going to be moving around, or they're going to lose control of, of the, the grip during their swing. And that's a very important factor. That's what the people are feeling When they start talking about grips that are tacky, it's a combination of the variables. Gotcha. Gotcha. So talk to me more
1: about that grip pressure. What kind of grips? So you obviously said maybe a slicker, smaller grip would promote someone to grip harder because they feel like they have to hang on to it. Does a larger, softer grip mean that you're, you're gripping a little lighter? How does that kind of work?
0: Again, you know, going back into our earlier conversation is for the player that feels that the grip is the right size for him and his hands are working together as a unit, that's really important for him to feel comfortable. And then when if, if he's got the, for example, in our uh, sonar grip, the whole goal of that sonar grip with the material, the microtexture surface pattern, and the size, the dimension of the grip, it's gonna allow him to have a, a secure feeling in his in his hands, but he's not gonna have to grip down on it. That's really key because when you start adding pressure into your hands and your wrists and your forearms, you're not going to be able to move, you know, in the golf swing because you're going to be you're going to be all locked up. So I would really recommend to our listeners when they're actually re-gripping is to take that into consideration and really pay attention to the size of the grip. And when they go out and play, pay attention to their grip pressure. It's really important. The key for Lampkin is that the grips that we are are launched this year primarily this year and it's always been our goal to to be on the forefront of of technology and that is all for today
1: thank you so much for joining us thank you to bob lampkin for hopping on and chatting make sure to check out LampkinGrips.com. they have some new models coming out that he talked about you can see all the info and details on those there if you're listening to this and you want to be a Golf Science Lab insider, get our newsletter called the Dispatch. Make sure to head over to golfsciencelab.com/insider. Get access to everything first. Stay up to date. Golfsciencelab.com/insider. Go ahead and do it. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker. And was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Publish Productions.